we are in chapter paragraph 3 of chapter 18 of the second london baptist confession of faith the 1689 i will commend for for if you have this uh, leaflet in your hand it is uh reproduced there so you can follow through uh, a line of thoughts last week we were in uh, paragraph 2 and we look at infallibility of assurance. That the assurance of Christians in relationship to their salvation cannot fail. And the reason is that it is built on the network of, of, of evidences that are both objective and subjective. Objective one on the integrity of God who orchestrates the salvation plan. Objective on the integrity of the blood and righteousness of Christ. This, the blood and righteousness of Christ are the two immutable things in which God cannot fail his people. And we look at the nature the nature of atonement itself, the substitutionary atonement, the nature of it itself, they uh, also assure us that the work of Christ inevitably will never fail. What it was intended for, what it was meant to achieve, it will achieve for those whom God choose to save, he will save to the uttermost. Subjective is in the arena of the fact that Christians will know in and of themselves that they are saved by the evidences of the graces that God has wrought in them uh, by the Holy Spirit. One is their hatred for sin, their loathing of sin, they are the, the residents of the gift of repentance in them. Uh, the, 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 the resting in their union with Christ. And then it's, 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 it's also, also seen in uh, increasing desire to love the church, i.e. God's people, and to serve them and be spent. And also the, the increase of the desire to be holy. That is a desire to be holy that is, uh, that is of a boiling uh, temperature in the hearts of those who are called Christians. And, and I can go on and on. So if you see all the graces of God in the Holy Spirit as given in the scripture, Evidence in you, you you can be assured that you are a Christian. And when they are completely absent, it could be that you are being presumptuous. And be careful uh, of 
false, of having false uh, assurance. And I would like to quote uh, uh, Benjamin Kitch. Uh, Benjamin Kitch is one of the early, early Baptist fathers, early or late, early, very early Baptist fathers. And I think his works were part of the formation of 1689. Am I correct? Yeah, part of the He said something about on this. He said, so the Holy Ghost gives in such clear demonstration and proof to the clearing up of a man's evidence for heaven that when all ceases, when all cases are clearly considered, a poor saint, though that for comfort and full satisfaction therein, God's spirit and conscience compares a man's state with the word of God. And if upon trial, it appears that those qualifications are wrought in his heart that the word expressly mentions concerning the truth of grace. He then finds he had no more cause to doubt of the goodness of his condition, unquote. And I think it is uh, curled from types and metaphor, page 519. That is a kind of a highlight of what we learned uh, last uh Week. Let's get to today's business. And if you have uh, the leaflet, let us read paragraph 3 of chapter 18 of the 1689. And the subject that paragraph 3 wants us is still emphasizing is that believers can lay hold on assurance. You, we can apprehend assurance. The infallible assurance doth not so belong to the essence of faith, but that a true believer may wait long and conflict with many difficulties before he be partaker of it. Yet, being enabled by the Spirit to know the things which are freely given him of God, he may without extraordinary revelation in the right use of means attain thereunto. And therefore it is the duty of everyone to give all diligence to make his calling and election sure that thereby his heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, in love and thankfulness to God, and in strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience. The proper fruits of this assurance, so far, is it from inclining men to looseness. The scriptural references are there for your consideration when you get home. But there are three points we would like to consider very quickly. And the first thing the confession wants us to know is that genuine believers can, may, genuine, genuine believers, I'm contrasting genuine believers with the false professors, the temporary believers as seen in paragraph one. At this point, we are talking about genuine believers. Genuine believers may and can have doubts. And there are two reasons why 
believers can or may have doubts. And the first thing the confession wants us to understand is that is, is that the nature and essence of saving faith is that assurance is not so. Look at the language. Assurance. The infallible assurance does not so belong to the essence of faith. You know, this is where we should be very careful how we define terms, okay? And the word so there is, like, is, is there for emphasis, so that it's not saying that assurance is of no consequence, it's of no factor with saving faith. But what they are saying is that the, when we talk of essence, essence, uh, I think, is from uh, Latin. It came to us from Latin, and uh, and when our fathers were formulating creeds in the early or early on in the century, the issue with uh, uh, this the the, the, the Christ, when Christology were being formed, the idea of usia, uh, you see that a lot. Uh, the idea of uh, substance and uh, if uh, the, the essence of a thing. And this is quite Aristotelian, is the thing that makes particular thing what it is. That if you remove that particular thing, that thing cannot be what it is. I don't know, is that clear? Is that, is that too difficult? Yes. And a thing that is essential to, it, to an object makes that object. Uh, don't functional without the presence of that thing. It, 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 the, 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 the innate constituent of a thing is its essence. So what they're saying is that saving faith, by now you should, by now all of you know what is saving faith. Okay, I don't want to step backward. So saving faith, assurance is not so, I don't know, it's not so, uh, it's not so belong to the essence of faith. And uh, <laughs> let me give this one scripture will help us to First John chapter five verse thirteen. First John chapter five verse thirteen. John is brother uh playground. First John chapter five verse thirteen. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. There are a lot of scripture, but let's see what Apostle John is saying. Apostle John is writing this letter to those who believe so that they will know that they have eternal life. It is possible to be saved and not have assurance. That is the first thing the confession wants us to hold is possible. It is a possibility to be properly saved and not have a clear knowledge of salvation. Of course, there are some irreducible minimum knowledge that are required for saving faith to be saved to be present. But when it comes to 
deeper and fuller assurance it is possible to have those, uh, those who have been saved. Because what John is really is distinguishing faith from the knowledge of what Christians have really possessed, i.e. the eternal life. Is that clear? So he's making that distinction. So he's writing these things to believers. We'll come to that these things later. He's writing those things to believers so that they will know that in actuality they have eternal life. That their eternal life is not an idea, an abstract an idea that is subject to to circumstances that is not that is that is tensious. That is the word I'm looking for. It, their salvation is not under tension. It is not under probability. So John is the book of John is is written to believers so they can have assurance, uh, so they can have uh, a grasp that what they have is eternal life. So believers can have doubts. And there are two reasons. One is the nature of saving faith. So we, we, let me give you an example. Uh, how essential is operating manual to an equipment? How essential is an operating manual to a product? Let's say television, maybe television or a car or whatever. Whatever you buy from the market, there's always a, lip, uh, a manual. How essential is manual? I'm not saying how important. How essential is manual to do equipment? Okay, let me help you. If you buy this laptop from the market and you open it and then you remove all the manual inside and throw it away and put them in the dustbin, don't even look at them. What has happened to the essence of this laptop? Eh? This laptop has something happened to it by removing the the eh? The essence, the, the, the essence of this laptop. At the motherboard and all the things that make this laptop remain intact. But those who put those manual, whether foolish, they have nothing to do. It's not just feed the carton so the carton can be big. Is that why they put the manual? Hmm? Can you really operate a system properly without the manual? Yeah, if you can, it might be that you have a prior uh, knowledge. But that prior knowledge was the fact that you must have learned from somebody or from somewhere be on the basis of the operating manual. Are you, are you with me now? So what, what we are saying is that if you, we are not saved by assurance. We are not saved by assurance. We are saved by Jesus Christ. By putting our faith in Jesus Christ, we are saved. Of course, the seed of assurance is there, is, is there in our salvation, is there. It's possible to have it and not know that you have assurance. That is what our fathers are saying, so that we are not looking for assurance in people to put them in hell or heaven. And the example of those who are believers uh, that have uh, doubts 
And again, the scriptural references there are kind of double-edged sword. The first scripture is Acts chapter 16, verse 30 to 34. Maybe you can turn to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16, verse um, 30 to 34. Let me read from here. Uh, Acts 16. Then he brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of God to him and to all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds, and was baptized at once, he and all his family. And then uh, he continued and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. So this is an example the, that actually a, a person can be a believer today and, and have full assurance immediately. By tomorrow, the person is on the streets. He, they never suffer assurance. They are human beings like that. Okay. But we should not use that as there are some particular believers too that may lack assurance. Okay. And uh, some of the reasons will be given in the next paragraph. Okay. But let's see other believers that uh, Psalm 88. It's a long read. And Psalm 77, verse 1 to 12. They are also long read. But just to pick some few points from Psalm 88. A song, a psalm of the sons of Korah, to the choir master, according to uh, Mahalath Lenoth, a masculine of Haman, the Ezraite. O Lord, God of my salvation, I cry out day and night before you. Let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life, Psalm 88, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am a man who has no strength. And then continuing, Psalm 77. To the choir master, according to, the, according to Jeduthun, a psalm of Esau. I cry to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearing. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I mourn. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the day of old. The years also continue also. So these are believers who were having issue with assurance. Is there's a clear possibility for someone to be a Christian and have assurance, and have uh, assurance, and is supposed to be a Christian and have doubt. So genuine believers can have doubts because assurance is not essential to saving faith. It's not so essential. That is, let me just clear. You know, the, the confessions put the word so essential. Okay? Cycle that word so. If you just say it's not essential, you are in trouble. You are going to run into 
make, there are a lot of other doctrines you're going to run into and they will not survive. And uh, it is not so essential. That is, that's so qualifies. Okay. It's very necessary. In fact, it's a seed. When a man becomes a believer, that seed of assurance is planted in his heart, but it grows, it matures. Second point that I want to learn tonight is journey believers do have resources for assurance. And there are two resources for assurance. One is the Spirit of God indwelling them. The second is the means of grace. The confession said, yet being enabled by the Spirit to know the things which are freely given to him of God, he may, without extraordinary revelation in the right use of means, attain there unto Romans 8, verse 15 to 16. But before we get there, this, what, is, what the confession is saying is that the, a believer, how do you help someone who is doubting? And after you've asked all the headline questions and they are not really underlying current that is propping the uh, issue with assurance, you can ask them, you can assure them that there is an indwelling power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in Christians is living and active. And it is from him all assurance actually comes. Uh, let's read a few scriptures. Romans 8, 15 to 16. Romans 8, 15 to 16. Uh, please try and open your Bible. The rest of the scriptures are there for your considerations. Romans 8, 8, 15 to 16. Uh, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption in, of sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The rest of the scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 to 6, 3, verse 2, 1. First, uh, th- uh, chapter three, verse two. The first John, chapter four, verse thirteen. Ephesians, chapter three, verse seventeen to nineteen, talks about the spirit of adoption that work within us, that even cry and testify to the fact that we are sons of God. That when doubt assails us, we can cast on the witness of the Holy Spirit that we are sons of God. He bear that witness with our conscience that we are sons of God. Secondly, the means of grace. Believers can, in due use of the means of grace, can attain uh, assurance. Hebrews 6, verse 11 to 12. Hebrews 6, verse 11 to And we desire each one of you to show the more earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end, so that you may not be sluggish, but imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit uh, the promise. As, as, as believers expose themselves, Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5 talks about adding to your faith virtue, virtue this and that, you know that scripture. As believers expose themselves to the means of grace, their assurance increases. They build up assurances in their hearts by due use of the means of grace. And 
And the confession said it is without extraordinary revelations. So, and what they are saying is that even the witness of the Holy Spirit in our heart is not on the level of extraordinary activity. The indwelling spirit in the heart of a believer work by way of ordinary operations. So it is normative for Christians to have the Holy Spirit indwelling them. And then he operates normally, all things be, being equal in their hearts, to, to, with them cooperating uh, by the due use, the proper use of the means of grace to have uh, assurance. And is, they are warning us against the error of Anabap, the Anabaptists, the radical Anabaptists in their days, who, and then the Quakers in their days, who instead of looking, instead of looking at the Holy Spirit work in their heart, the Holy Spirit work in our heart by the world, through the world, and our due regular use of the means of grace, you, how many of you understand Quaker, the Quaker movement? Raise your hand if you understand the Quaker movement, Quakerism. Okay, very few of you. Quakerism is the equivalent, is the charismatic, is the mountain of fire of today. Is there, is there anything that look like it today? Am I right by using mountain of fire as an example? A bit. But mountain of fire is just small. Just small. So you, you are not looking at the objective reality of the work of Christ through the scripture. You come together as a group, as we are here now. We begin to sing. And then we, are, we begin to, how many of you have seen Muslims before who do like this? And then you are, you are actually quaking. You are shaking. You are shaking. Like, like a group therapy. And after a while, we begin to produce energy. We can even practice, if you can practice this now, some of you will be, will be lying down here till tomorrow morning. If we hold our hands together now, we begin to quake. We want to quake. Oh Lord, you are good. And we say that for many, 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 and repeat it for 50 times. Your eyes start turning red. Okay, it's not quakerism. Of course, what is left of that theology now is the quaker oats. Uh, if you have them in your, in your pot, it will remind you of a theology. Okay? It is, it is their factory. It's, it's not just a, a nickname. That quicker oats is their business. It's the branch of the church. The church were doing, the, they were producing those things to support their ministry. So two things are left of them now. They are quick and oath, and one of their hall in some European countries where people hire now for, for functions. Of course, bad theology does have a shelf life. So you, you don't look as okay. You know, you know, you know, I don't feel like it. You know, I'm a sinner. But the Holy Spirit, my spirit is telling me. You know, there's this subjective, my spirit is telling me that I'm a child of God. Mm -mm. Mm. Uh, the spirit in your heart is our spirit. <laughs> it's the spirit of the living God. Indwelling believers. And it does have a single, it has a monocarnosalytics. It's not a dual kind of, it's working here, it's working here, and then, no, 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 is the normal operation, by the normal operation of the Holy Spirit with the due and proper use of the means of grace. Mention grace. Uh -huh. You see? You see? The Westminster and Savoy. And that's, uh, that's where the, uh, the bit weakness of the Baptists, when the Baptists were given the means of grace, they omit the word. Of course, it's found in other places, but it's a particular place. And I think Waldron was querying that. You begin with the word. The word, yes, not evangelism first, the word. 
the word, the sacraments. That is the, the baptism and the, the lost table. And then you can go on and on. The means of grace. By doing use of them, at regular attendance to church services. It's a means of grace. So the first thing we are learning is that, yes, it is okay for, be- and it's not okay. It is possible for believers to have doubts. Yeah. Yeah. And they are still believers. And there are doubts. Remember what I said. It's not because there are, there are some underlying issues, disease. Like when you, it, it, there's no comorbid. <laughs> there's nothing like underlying, is that they are Christians. And as they are so over scrupulous of their attendance to the new life in Christ Jesus. So they are always afraid. Example is Luther, isn't it? Martin Luther will go for, to confessions. And the father will say, Luther, please go and sleep with the mother of God so that you, you, you can have something to, to confess. I mean, go and do, go and do something. So Luther will just even for not doing what? Mention one of them. They say he will confess. Even some, some, for not, okay, some small, 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 yeah, that's small, small, small. The guy was so over, over scrupulous and so ten, over tenderness. Yeah, can happen to some people depending on their makeup. Okay. And it is possible for believers to be believer today and then they have full assurance of the faith and they are walking straight away and they will last. Okay. Secondly is that we have resources. Believers have resources uh, that they can use. And the final point is genuine believers can and must dutifully pursue assurance. So there's no let go and let God in the issue of assurance. Uh, and the, the reason why we must pursue assurance is, number one, as a matter of religious duty. And secondly, as a matter of holy affections, the, the beauty and the benefit of holy affections. And therefore, I'm reading this, the confession, it is the duty of everyone to give all diligence to make his calling and election sure that thereby his heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, continuing. And I think we can now, we can read Second uh, Peter chapter 1, verse 10. That is the last part of the discourse from verse 5. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 10. Hmm. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. So all the scripture there, but the, 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 the part we read before and this part, is showing there's a kind of a command to believers to pursue. You, you want to be assured. Uh, you, it is something that you will want to do as a matter of Christian duty. So God has commanded you to practice some things, to do some certain things. And if you do them religiously, deliberately, intentionally, you will have assurance. If you are not practicing these things, you will not have assurance. 
it is a must. It is your duty to pursue assurance. It's, it's, it gives evidence to saving faith. And again, as a matter of uh, holy affections, you know, believers want to be enlarged in peace, to have peace unspeakable, joy in the Holy Ghost, love and thankfulness to God, and strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience and the proper fruit of, of this assurance. So these are fruit of assurance. You want to have them. If a man pursue holiness, he will have all of these things, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit, love, thankfulness, strength, cheerfulness, obedience. And these are the things that if they are active and present in us, it, it enhances assurance. So there are things to do. And the last line says, so far is it from, is not from inclining men to looseness. So that it won't look like, if we now say believers can have doubts, they could, ah, after all, say believers can have doubts. I'm not doing anything about my doubt, no. You should do something about your doubt. If you're having doubting, do something about it. You make sure there's no sin, underlying sin that is propping doubts. And if it is just, uh, you being over scrupulous, you begin to attend to your heart by due use of means of, uh, of grace. There is a resource, the Holy Spirit, the means of grace, and you must do it dutifully, religiously. You must. You must. And that is where, uh, we, as I draw the curtain, I want to stand a bit. See, religion, is from, I think it's from a Latin word called religere. Religere had an idea of binding oneself to something. So a religious person is, is like, uh, is, is, there's a kind of, uh, a binding of your, of your person, of your conscience to the article of faith. So that you and the testimony of the scripture and the work of God in your heart are not separated. There, there's no duality. There's no dualism. You are just, it's like you are, you are in Christ and Christ is in you. And the duties of a Christian man must be performed dutifully or else you will not have assurance. You must do them again and again and again and again and again and again and again continually in an increasing measure, then you have bigger assurance. Uh, if you don't have assurance, you'll not go to heaven. It's not scripture. It's just that, I think it was uh, Spurgeon that said, assurance does not save, but is, is for satisfaction. Yes, it says not for salvation, but it's for satisfaction. As we live in this terrible, wicked, crooked world, a lot of things are not are so uncertain. It is that you know for sure that you are going to heaven and that you're not deceiving yourself and that this Christianity is not like a 50-50 thing that tomorrow you wake up tomorrow in heaven and then there was nothing. Look, have you ever imagined that one day you would die and there was nothing? What will you do? 
after you die and there was no heaven and hell, what will you do? What will you do? What will you do? Okay, what can you do? Nothing. Uh, perhaps, maybe you will say, God, no, 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 take me back. Ah, take me back. Take me back. Nothing. You know, you're not going to get there and there will be something. Or what if you get to heaven and God just saved, and then you discover that God saved everybody? <laughs> Hi! And then you are, some of the ladies is drinking tea, and uh, all these Boko Haram guys are in heaven. And Christ said, It was you, it was a pastor. I mean, I died, but, you know, and I said, Wow. Uh, you know, anytime you are, having doubt itself is not a good thing, is it? It's not something you must pursue. It's okay, as in the, in the confession, say we can have doubt. Let me have doubt and rest. You will not rest. You will sleep. You will be rolling like Psalm 88, Psalm 77. They are, these are believers. But for some reasons, you know, you just call God everywhere, just they dry like that. You know, there are some dry days in our work with God. I can be so terrible. When you just go on your knees, nothing. You open the Bible, nothing. You, you open your own podcast, nothing. You, you fast, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then you say, I'm really a Christian. Or when some, some little sins begin to harass you, I'm really, yeah, you are a Christian. If you are trusting in Jesus for your salvation, and you're not trusting in your own works, you are a Christian. Yeah. So all you need to do is to work more on your assurance. Assurance is not something that comes by way of extraordinary experience. Assurance must come from your due use of the means of grace. That's what the confession is teaching us. Maybe have you, uh, I have some thought before I finish, but let me see if there's any question or contribution from the crowd, from the congregation, then I will uh, say my final thoughts and go home. Any question? One? Yes, please, Abraham, Brother Abraham. What is your question? It's not a question, it's a contribution. Please, by all means. Yes, so um, on the third point, which is genuine believers can and must dutifully pursue assurance. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very practical thing, especially coming from the backdrop of um, the shallow of (laughs) the valley of death, right? And you begin to call upon the name of the Lord. If you are his own, he begins to remind you of, you know, the, the journey with him. And as you give yourself more to the means of grace, you, you have not just restoration, but true confidence that, yes, I am his. So when we feel doubtful that am I really saved? Sometimes it could be that we fall into sin and we are now looking at that sin as the definition of of who we are, forgetting who has saved us. So, but when we turn our eyes to the cross, that assurance begin to you know, reflect more in our minds. We begin to uh, believe more that yes, I have been saved of God. So, I just wanted to emphasize on that. Thank you so much. Any other person? An assurance. So, the first thing we learn is that assurance. The reason why you are having doubts is that. Assurance is not as, it's not like, it's not so an essential part of 
saving faith. That it's not something that is loaded, is front loaded into your heart when you became a believer. Like, like, you know, I went to look for a computer with Eliezer yesterday, a desktop. And we're talking about programs, isn't it? And Eliezer was asking that person if it's preloaded, uh, the operating system loaded. And the guy said yes. And there are some computer that comes without, uh, is that true? <laughs> operating system. <laughs> uh, sometimes you buy one computer, you have to go and start buying some other things to load uh, inside, you know. Oh, that kind of a thing. So, yeah, so if you buy a computer, it must come with an operating system, okay? So what you are saying is that assurance, not like that, is, assurance is not so, it's not so front-loaded. Forget the, the word so. It's not so front-loaded in your salvation. Because the process, if I, after, when you became saved, God is still working on you, isn't it? Removing sanctification, and this can cause doubt. In fact, at the beginning of your salvation, for those who are properly saved, Remember how you almost commit suicide? Your sin, the heaviness, the load of sin, the discontentment. Even the sheer fact that, what if I died before I became a Christian? What could have happened to me? The horror of the fact that you could have died 10 years ago when you were so worldly and God preserved you. Now you were saved. It could be so, could be so confusing that you, yes. And the reason why God is, has put that a bit outside saving faith is that so that you will have assurance so that as you use the means of as you pray, as you work these things out, of course these things are freely given to you of God as you use them, as you work them in and work them out you gain more assurance in your living experience. So there's nothing like Yes, any other question? Any other thing? There's a quote I drop there. I'll read it and then give my last thought. In religion, this is from uh, Cornelius Tyre. In religion, there are two fundamental propositions, equally true and important. One is, as the car... There can be no religious principle unless it's succeeded by religious practice. So there can be no religious practice unless it is preceded by religious principle. And then it's talk about you may prune off the dead limbs and loosening and manuring the earth around the roots of the stunted withered tree and resuscitate it and make it fruit-bearing. But no matter how much you may dig about and enrich the roots of the dead tree, no matter how propitious the sunbeams and showers may be, it will remain dead, unquote. And that is one of uh, his book, The Living Epistle, uh, chapter 5. That was saying, is it? Assurance is not for... Unbelievers don't understand this. Okay. Uh, uh, the, the practice, this practice, if, if I'm practicing religion, that practice is flowing out of a religious principle that has been embedded in me. 
I am a Christian first, then I'm practicing the demand of Christianity. And if I do so, even if I'm quartered to death, there will be a resuscitation. And in the house of God, there's no, I mean, when the believer is almost giving up, if he's a believer, small experience is back to life. Small Bible reading, a bit of prayer is back to life. And the reason this uh, Cornelius is saying is, so you don't, okay, it's possible to be an unbeliever and actually read Bible two, three times a year, three or four. But there are some magicians that read Bible more than Christians. Actually, it is possible not to be a Christian and actually pray and even pray all night to God, true or false, and go to the tallest mountain. It is possible to be, not to be a Christian, and do these things, these things that John was referring to, can even come to the communion, be a preacher, and do all of those things. It will profit not. Sometimes when people say, ah, I've done everything as a possible, it's because we are putting manure underneath a dead tree. If you water a dead tree and put manure, nothing will happen. If you like, let it rain fall from now to next year, a dead tree is a dead tree. But for those who are believers, share up brothers. Sometimes you could have some bad days, some lonely day and all that stuff. Just a word of God, you are back. How many, how many of you can recall that sometimes you come to church and you are like down and out? And then pastors are preaching, they start singing, and then you are back again. You are refreshed. You are refreshed. That's true, you are a believer. That's an assurance for you. You can't have assurance. And assurance is very, very vital for your, for your function on earth. It satisfies, it rejoices your soul. It helps you in your work with God. We are not meant to be working with God with, with full of doubts like Muslims that say until we get there. What if we get there? And there are a lot of Christians that believe, particularly of the Armenian uh, stock, that believes that there, there shouldn't be assurance that every day you are. You know, <laughs> this afternoon I was listening to one clip of uh, uh, Papa Kumui. Pastor Kumi of of uh, Mat the Palace. Of course, you will know. Uh, and he was critiquing head covering. You know, the man have changed. So that the man is mutating. He said there are some sisters in this church. He said he knows some sisters in this church that cover their head about twenty hours per day. And he's saying, as you cover your hair for twenty hours. Uh, in the office, in the house, even in your own bedroom, when you are uh, say some bacteria will begin to, and then your hair starts smelling. That has been a good pastor is telling you. And the reason why you are covering your hair this long is that you are not reading your Bible. I said, ah, ah. I mean, I know in the 80s now, I know the man teaching before about this thing. Bible says pray always. So the theology of the prayer was that the reason why you must cover your hair all the time is that as a Christian, you are praying all the time. And come here and throw the ball back to the come. See, the reason why you are coming your head too long is that. You see, how can you start covering your head? You are not praying and you are not prophesying. 
Hulu's now. Ha, some of you have covered your hair for 20 years. Ah, God, God, move it and, you know, freedom at last. Now, if it's on the basis of the temperament of, of, of your pastor, eh, who are here today and they are there today, you won't go. Assurance. If you are not assured of where you stand with God in your faith, you will dance to all the winds of doctrine. Please pursue assurance. Make sure you know you are a Christian. When, when the Bible says to make your election sure, it's not saying that your election is in doubt. He's talking at, at your own level. Those whom God has elected, has elected, and nothing can happen to them. But we don't know who I elect, do we? You, it is up to you to work it out and you are sure that you are not deceiving yourself. And that is very, very important. You should answer that question every day until you die. Am I a Christian? Am I a Christian? When you do those stuff you do behind the curtain, am I a Christian? You can't enjoy assurance if you're not living like Christ. That is the intention and admonition from our church fathers to us. Believers may have doubts because they are not saved by assurance, they are saved by Christ Jesus. But they have been given resources and they have been given a duty to pursue. If you use those resources and pursue them dutifully, you will have assurance. And I can guarantee on behalf of, of my Father in heaven and the Bible that those who believe in Jesus Christ will see God. And they will not perish. Father, take this word planted deep in our hearts. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen.